Hey guys, welcome to Off the Beaten Clef. This episode is going to be about Jack's mannequins, everything in transit. So let's get started. Welcome to Off the Beaten Cleft. This is episode about Jack's Mannequin and Everything in Transit. <laughs> Jack, Jack's Mannequin and Everything in Transit, just because we totally lost track of what number. Yeah, we, 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 we did could a two, do two episodes. The one thing is, we could easily figure it out. Do that. Fuck it, man. Bare minimum effort yeah. here today. <laughs> Bare minimum. Uh, thanks for bearing, gritting your teeth and bearing through that audio last week. Uh, I do apologize. I made sure my audio was good yeah, for my right. episode, but when it came to Kev's. Well, yeah. it's funny because the entire time we were doing sound checks, you're like, man, I feel it feels like I'm louder than usual. And I, my feedback was like, oh, no, you always seem quieter than me anyway, so it must be fine. And then it just sounded like I was yelling at you from the opposite end of an airport hangar. So you could still. What, what are they selling? <laughs> yeah. What are they selling? <laughs> but yeah, no, you could. I mean, you could still. It was fine. It, yeah. it ended up being fine. So uh, we obviously don't want that to happen, but, you know. Again, like Dylan said, thanks for sticking through it. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate everyone uh, still bearing their teeth through it. And it was a fun episode. I thought that one yeah. was I liked doing time. the double episode. We recorded. It, it's weird for me listening to them back because we recorded the second episode first. Mm-hmm. And so it's always, it, I don't know, the couple of times, uh, not the couple, but the times I listened back to them, I was like, wait a second. We did the Julian Kaler episode first. Why is this second? And it just, it fucked me. <laughs> Just, I guess, for continuity, like, (laughs) you know. Yeah, no, I know why we did it. Yeah. It's just in my mind, I know which one one we recorded first. We went with the upbeat one first. Yes. Just just because we wanted to be happy. (laughs) 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 So uh, this episode's about Jack's Mannequins, Everything in Transit from 2005. Yep, my senior year of high school. That's crazy. Yep, I graduated in 05. In junior high? Seventh or eighth grade. One of those. Yeah, as I say, you're not that much younger than yeah. me. So, so um, I'm going to get into opening thoughts before I get into uh, some of our facts. But uh, let's start with you, Kev, because uh, I know you got some controversial <laughs> thoughts well, on it. Well, so yeah. I'll let you go first. Controversial, sure. Um, I This is the first album, Dylan, that I haven't really been able to find a whole lot of good to say about. Um, that's not to say this isn't this guy isn't talented or this isn't a good album. It's just not something that I could find myself really enjoying the listen through. Um, I feel like you've been pushing my the limits of my tolerance for sad boy music, mm-hmm. and this finally pushed me over the precipice of I can't I can't do it. <laughs> so it's it's funny you say that because I don't think of it as like a, a sad album. So no, I don't think fun. it is either. But it has that very like. Like early aughts, like the shit that I hated in high school. This is exactly what I hated when mm-hmm. I was th- like, this is the sound that I did not like. And it still holds up today. Like there's some bands from that era that I do end up, that I didn't ever like them, like Panic and stuff like that, that I ended up really liking. But this is, this is the exact sound that I just didn't, could never buy into. Mm-hmm. Um, At least I prefaced it with, this is emo Ben Folds. Yeah, and and then when as soon as you said that, I was like, oh no, I'm gonna hate this. <laughs> was that pretty spot on with the? Yeah, I can see where you say because there's a, it's very piano heavy. It's very, um, yeah, it's very much just him and a piano for a lot of it. Um, we can get into like the musical styling mm-hmm. and why I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I really did. I really did try to like this album. Like I was really trying to listen for things that I liked, and, and not it's not till the like second half of the album that I really found myself able to really enjoy the songs again. It, it wasn't like, again, he's not a bad artist. He's not, it's not that he's not talented. It's just not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested to have you try and sell me this album over the course of this podcast. Cause I, I really do want to hear your thoughts about it. And I think, I know this is very nostalgic for you. Yeah. And uh, talking to Zach, um, our friend and my coworker, uh, he, He's, he thought it was an interesting choice because he knows what it is for him in his life and it's very much a place and time and it made a whole lot of sense to him at that time. And when he said that, I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? Like, I have artists that are like that for me. Like, fucking the first Linkin Park album, like Corn and the Deftones. Like, they're not 
that stuff doesn't hold up super well right now. Yeah. So like if you weren't in that time growing up with that stuff that was like my emo, like new metal was my emo. Mm-hmm. So I get it. I get it. So, but it, again, I was just, this is when I was exploring, this is when I was really starting to explore like really, really heavy metal. So stuff like this just still just, it really yeah. irks me. So no, I, I a hundred percent get it. And you know, there's, there's certain bands that I just can't stand either. So I, you know, if, if it's not your cup of tea, it's not your cup of tea, but right. I do appreciate you at least taking the time and listening to it a couple times and at least trying to figure out if you just needed to listen to it more. Cause there's, there's been some albums you showed me that first listened to. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I thought about that too. I was like, maybe do I do, cause you said, well, cause we delayed our recording a little bit this week. And I was like, well, maybe it gives you some time to soften up. And I did a little bit, but not much. It's still not an album. I'm, I know I'm not going to listen to this album again. Probably. Yeah. And that's fair. So, um, so my thoughts, uh, this is, I Zach kind of said it perfectly. Uh, there's a lot of albums that I've listened to growing up that I feel like uh, shaped me. Most of them about relationships. And I guess listening back, this is more about relationships mm-hmm. than I realized. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the albums that shape me are about, you know, relationships growing up and feeling misunderstood. But this album to me kind of feels like your first experience with freedom. And it's what I had playing in my 01 GMC Jimmy when I got my first license. <laughs> you know, and that's just like, yeah. I guess in my mind... I have very rose-tinted goggles with this album. I listened to Mixtape, Dark Blue, Made for Each Other. There was just so many songs that just felt like they were like anthems for me because it felt like I was going through kind of the same thing. And I, I was a little bit younger than he was, but he was 22, going through a breakup with a band, breakup with a girlfriend. So it was like he moved back home, and it was like for the first time in his life since he was like 17, mm-hmm. the life was slowing down for him. So it kind of I kind of feel like I was... Not necessarily going through the same things, but I had a lot of the same uh, feelings and stuff like that. Um, they talk about relationships, but this is also a type of a freedom when you're on your own for your for, for your first time. And uh, I love the evolution to of Andrew McMahon. Uh, he started in something corporate, which was a lot more pop punk, mm-hmm. and this was his first like branching out from the the pop punk into something more alternative, traditional, modern rock. It's still a little uh, pop punk at times. Yeah, little, certainly at times. Yeah, and he now has like a final evolution where he's a solo artist called Andrew McMahon in the wilderness, which I'm hurt. I'm sure you guys have heard some of his songs on the radio, Cecilia and the satellite, all, all that kind of fun stuff. But, um, he's been to the, he's been the soundtrack to a lot of weird informative times in my life. And I guess I never really thought about I, my older brother Dalton showed me this album. So it was like the second I heard it, it was cool because yeah. my older brother was into it. So I was into it. Yeah. Um, I know it, it might not be for everyone, but it still evokes emotion that I love about music, like Rescued. I know that might be one of your least favorite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I can just tell uh, from what you've said, but Rescued, just like, I, I love that kind of song. And um, Mixtape still reminds me of burning CDs for girlfriends and like... It just says exactly what you think when you're making a mixed CD. Yeah, knowing what I know about you, Dylan, and knowing what you like getting out of music, I understand why you like this. Yeah, It's just the other stuff that I know you've introduced me to is just more in my realm of comfort, yeah. and this is not necessarily that for me. So, again, yeah. it's a lot of the same stuff. We Because I was thinking about that as I was writing this. I was like, me saying this sounds kind of contradictory because I've said on other albums we've already discussed that I, I really do like this song and I like the lyrical content here and I, it's, you know, it doesn't have to be that serious, but again, it's just, there's something about the way this sounds and feels to me that again, we'll get into it, but it just didn't connect with me. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it might not be sonically perfect, but it was a soundtrack to uh, perfect times for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's really all I got for opening. Thoughts. Okay. Uh, did you have fun facts? I got a lot of facts. Let's go. Let's get into your There's facts. There's a lot of uh, things circulating with this album. Uh, it's 15 years old. There's been a lot of, uh, he's been doing a lot of Instagram live stuff, um, re- resurfacing some of these old songs. But it's a concept album centered around McMahon's return to California and uh, the demise of a longstanding relationship, which the demise of a longstanding relationship ended up being his wife anyway. So it's mm-hmm. gotta be weird, right? Yeah, like yeah. singing songs 15 years later about a girl. That's now your wife. It's like Fleetwood Mac type shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's pop rock or power pop, uh, influence from bands from the 1960s and seven, 1960s and seventies, specifically the beach boys pet sounds, yeah. uh, which you can kind of get 
in some of the songs. He even mentions the Beach Boys in one of the songs, right? Yeah. Like she likes the Beach Boys more than I forget what the actual line is, but yeah, I've got I've got it written down yeah. for later. <laughs> uh, just because as soon as I read that, I was like, oh shit, yeah, yeah. he does mention the Beach Boys. Uh, it sold over twenty two thousand copies in its first week, charting at number thirty seven on the Billboard Top two hundred. And it, as of August two thousand eight, it sold over two hundred fifty thousand copies. Wow. So um, it's kind of taken a life of its own since it's become like an emo staple for sure. a lot of people. Um, it's not necessarily on the same threshold as like black parade and all those, but this is still, I guess, underground popular. I mean, yeah, no, I get it. It's a, there's, there's certain albums that I like that are like that as well. So I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It might it's not like make sense. Classic, yeah. It might not make sense to literally anyone else, but I know exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. That's like faith no more for me. It's like people know about faith no more, but they're not like, you know, bands from them. They're not like Pearl Jam, you know, Alice in Chains popular. It's yeah. like they're popular, but they're not like that upper echelon popular. Sure. So, um, they, uh, bounced around with some names, uh, because he was kind of, this was him just like doing an experiment, trying to branch out a little bit outside of the, the something corporate. Um, he toyed around with the name, the mannequins. And then he wrote a song named Dear Jack and kind of combined Jack, Jack's mannequin. Um, he threw himself completely into the project, um, claiming he worked harder than any he ever did. He rarely slept or ate, and was typically wasted for over half a day at a time writing these songs. Yeah, that that, okay, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, within a few months, he stockpiled dozens of songs, which were influenced by his time in Southern California and living with his best friends. Um, he never had plans to release the songs, but when he recorded them all, uh, he ended up getting some attention from some record labels, stuff like that. Um, as he was finishing the album, he was diagnosed with leukemia uh, prior to finishing it, and he Shit. worked on final edits of songs while in his hospital bed, and eventually the album was released while he was in the hospital. Well, now I feel like a piece of shit. No, no. I mean, <laughs> I was saving that to see if you would feel better. Ah, fuck this guy. <laughs> fuck this guy with cancer. Uh, he was ultimately saved by his sister who gave him a bone marrow stem cell transplant. Uh, he videotaped his whole experience with leukemia and turned it into a documentary called Dear Jack, which is awesome and you're guaranteed to cry but now he has a foundation dedicated to fight against uh childhood and young adult cancer called dear jack foundation yeah so i love following andrew mcmahon on instagram because he has like a lot of heartwarming stuff and it's nice to see that like he has a kid and a wife and you know um that was what i remember most because i was young it was like hey have you listened to this band and you start listening to him like yeah they're pretty good and they're like oh yeah well he's got cancer <laughs> like oh shit I didn't, that's, uh, that's Just, heavy. Oh, now I have to like it. Fuck, <laughs> I can't tell this person I hate it. So yeah, uh, if you don't like it, like Kevin, you're, uh, the devil. You like cancer. <laughs> if you hate this album, you are pro cancer. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah, draw the line. <laughs> pro <the> leukemia. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was a lot of the fun facts. Um, <laughs> that was, that's word very fun. <laughs> Not fun. Those um, were just facts. Yeah, I guess the, the other fact really is that a lot of these songs were written about an ex-girlfriend, which ended up being his wife. Yeah, so. that's. Uh, I think that's super interesting. Yeah. Which probably makes sense. I mean, you think about what you were doing when you were 22 years old. You didn't know what the fuck you were doing. You know yeah. what I mean? Especially in relationships. Like, I could see someone growing apart and then be like, oh, you know what? I really fucking miss that person. And then mm-hmm. reconnecting. Yeah. Especially, like, starting a, a popular band yeah. from 17 to 22 and then, like, when everything finally slows down, you can deal with those emotions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very interesting. And I'm ready to get into song by song. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Do you want me to start or do you want to go? You can go first. Okay. Uh, that's a, that's a bold choice. Okay. Uh, so holiday from real is the first, uh, song on this album. Um, it's about it's exactly about what you were talking about. It's it's about him coming home and rediscovering Southern California. And that's what the song is about. Um, Again, immediately I could tell this wasn't my cup of tea with this song. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the way that it's mixed. A lot of the, the instrumentally, it's not bad. Um, it's just that every, all the instrumentals, as soon as the vocals come in, fall so far back as far as what your ear picks up that it's like, oh no, I kind of want to listen to the instrumentals as well. But it's like, it's so vocal forward. It sounds like a, like a, demo that was kind of just upscaled and they didn't really change anything about it. 
Um, it kind of sounds like our podcast from last week. If you want to really get down <laughs> yeah, to it, um, I, the way it's mixed, like, it's like one, like just the vocal track is very forward. And I think that really bothers me throughout the entire album. That might be the version I sent you because there is a remastered version of it. I, I listened to the remastered oh, version. Yeah. And it's I think it's still, it still feels that way. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know if it was the producer that just kind of did them dirty or he wanted it to sound like a demo. Either way, it's not my favorite choice. I've talked about how much I like high fidelity music, mm-hmm. and so making something intentionally sound not as good doesn't it just doesn't make sense to me. But yeah. I get like that's a stylistic choice. Um, yeah, and so I just I prefer like to be able to hear all parts of the song and in equal planes, and that's just not here for me. Um, and then lyrically. Um, I think this song lost me where he specifically mentioned he was buying weeds from lesbians on the West, like the West side. Like why, what's the point of mentioning that they're lesbians? It's like, I feel like I'm in Venice when he says that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just, I just don't specific. It's just, it's just, it's, it's almost like he did it for shock value to me. Um, just thinking about the time in 2005, like, Oh, I bought weed from lesbians. Whoa, what a crazy world. Wild and wacky LA. (laughs) Um, it just, again, I know like, I know this guy was going through some shit, but from me as a 34 year old man, never having listened to it, a lot of it just kind of seems like just grow up a little bit. You'll, it'll be fine. Not this stuff. Isn't that serious. That's the overarching theme of my feeling about this album is like, I can tell he was sincere, sincere, but the sincerity doesn't hit me because I'm, you know, I'm a little bit more jaded. I'm more of an adult than he was at yeah. this point when he yeah. was writing it. So, again, not not a terrible song, but it's just again, it didn't. The emotion he was trying to get through of like this kind of like grand return to home just kind of fell flat for me. So. Yeah, I like uh, some of the the little nuances, like the birds or the seagulls chirping, yeah. and like it kind of feels like you are being introduced to yeah. Southern California. Um, yeah, like we mentioned, it's like a he's basically painting a picture of like him coming back to uh, Southern California and life kind of slowing down. And I kind of like it because it reminds me of when I got done with medic school and like I was just like so busy for a certain amount of time. And then when it was done, it was like, whoa, like the world has just continued to spin and like it's like you're just trying to get reacclimated to it. So I kind of I kind of feel it in a sense, but also it's like not my favorite song. Like if I never heard this song again, I think it would be okay. It's a fine opener. We talk about it all the time. It's, it's, it kind of, it's, it's not, there's not really much content there. It is setting up kind of what he wants to talk about. Um, like, Oh, I'm back home in California. Yeah. I Um, think tonally it, it sets a good tone, but it also is like not what you and I kind of want in album openers is like set the tone, but don't, Blow yeah, it, does, it can't fast. be your best song. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a two pump jump on your songs. Um, yeah, no. It, it, again, it doesn't connect with me on an emotional level, and I wanted more from it musically. So, I can, I can, I can like a song if it has, if it doesn't have one thing, but it has another thing that I can really appreciate. It. Mm-hmm. And this, this kind of failed me in both aspects. So, um, again, as a as a guy who had never heard this band before, this is you know. I've, I've so much different than I was 15 than I was as a senior in high school, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I've grown up so much since then. So it may have connected with me more than, I I don't know, but as a, as a 34 year old man, it doesn't really do much for me. So, yeah. Uh, so the next one is the Mm mixtape. Uh, it's one of my top 10 songs of all time. Whoa, really? Yeah. If I sat down and wrote them all down, I think this would be in my top 10. Um, putting just putting a mixtape together for a breakup, to let them know how you feel or like, I don't know, back 15 years ago, it was hard to kind of put how you felt into words. Mm-hmm. And so a mixtape felt very personal and it felt like that was the only way you could really get your feelings out because I can't articulate it the way a song can or this group of songs that I put together for you. Mm-hmm. And I just really like um, the sentiment. This mix could burn a hole in anyone, but it was you I was thinking of. Like I picked you and yeah. I want you to listen to this. And it's just like, I don't know. It was... It was just like one of those songs that I put on a mixtape because it was like, I'm putting a song called The Mixtape on my mixtape for you to let you know that this song and this whole thing is about you. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just an anthem to my life because music is such a big part of it and like showing people music and like having it be like an extension of you to show someone is just 
one of my favorite kind of things in a song. So. Yeah, now I, now I feel bad for not liking this song. As much. Okay. I mean, it's, it's it's fine. Like again, this is one of those songs that I didn't hate. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a straight up. It's more of a straight up like rock punk feel to it. It just has its slower parts, but it, it does pick up and get into more of like rock punk that I can really enjoy. Um, but again, I, I mentioned this is where I, I took the note of like the vocals are just way too far forward in this for me to really enjoy the musical aspect of it. Um, it, 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 it again, it's a, one of those very surface level things. It's, it is what it is. It's uh, you know, I'm, this is me talking about making a mixtape to give to a girl to explain my feelings, and I think that's a cool sentiment. Again, it doesn't connect with me. I, I like, I really like the the wordplay of the title of the song. I think that's a cool like. It's a cool title for a song. Yeah. But again, it just it's just one of those things where I was just really wanting something to latch onto and there's nothing I could latch onto. I couldn't latch onto it lyrically and I couldn't latch onto it musically. So it's just one of those things where I was just kind of like grasping at air. <laughs> yeah. Um, I made that very stupid cat pawing <laughs> motion got, yeah, just then. I wish we had some video. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was like it was like I was grasping at air and I couldn't really find anything. It's like I could see the specter of what was there. Like I can tell this guy has some talent. Mm-hmm. Um but there was just no connecting points for me. So I just, I just didn't, again, this song wasn't terrible, but it just didn't connect to me. I actually have a tattoo of this song. Do you really? Yeah. It's, uh, oh shit. Oh, wow. Look at it's that. It's a mixtape that says, it's like I wrote every note with my own finger. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just trying to think, like break down these lyrics and, I get it. Like, I get it. I'm trying to put my mind into like a really emotional 22 year old. I just was never like a really emotional guy. So like this doesn't like, not like outwardly like this. So it's hard for me to kind of latch on to. See, I'm a sap. Yeah, I know. I I, well, I, I can be too, but it's just not, I, I do it. I experience it in a different way than yeah. you. So, so the next one is you. It's a bruised. Bruised. Um, this, this is, I, this song, I, I don't know if you, if our viewers know this, but I'm pretty sure you do, Dill. There's the guy on TikTok who, like, his wife will ask him a question, then all of a sudden he'll, like, it'll pan over to him. He's got emo makeup on, yes. and it's like he's, he's, ta- he's talking <laughs> this song to her. That's what this song reminds me of. Um, and it's almost like a parody of itself at this, at this, time, at this point. And, it, again, it, it's, a, it's a moment in time. So I get it, but this, this, it's not, again, I wrote, it's not terrible, but this, this sincerity breaches the point of cringe for me. There's a line where it's, he's like, perfection can sometimes be the perfect hell. And I was like, oh, fuck, dude. And I was like, that's so cringy. And it's like, I get it. Like he's a sad, like he's a really emotional 22 year old. So I was trying not to be overly harsh, mm-hmm. but that shit, like if somebody, if a, if a 22 year old man came up to me and said, wow, your shoes, you know, your outfit is perfect. He's like, oh, perfection is a perfect hell. I'd be like, dude, get the fuck out of my face. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how I feel listening to it. It's like, I'm just so far past where he was emotionally at that time. So it's hard for me to connect to. And like, <laughs> that's one of those, I told you I had some physical cringe moments and that was one of them. I was like, Oh yeah, not great. Like and somebody I- just put some smelling salts. Like, Oh, that's what 2005 smells like. <laughs> A scented candle. Finally. <laughs> uh, um, I always like skip this song. It was eh. <laughs> okay. Good. I don't feel bad. Um, I hate the way he says bruised. Yeah, it's so like, so fucking like oh, I'm so sad. But the energy to this, there's some kinetic energy in this song. Yeah. Um, when he says, "I had to give it away," I had to give you away, and then the drums in the background, mm-hmm. I'm like, there's like some real, good, there's some decent drums on this. I don't want to say yeah. they're amazing, but there are some pretty good drums on this. Like I, that stood out to me on a couple of the tracks. I want to be like, yeah, you know, the drums are really pretty cool on this out this track. Yeah. Like there's like I said, there's stuff there. I think. Uh, if I went and listened to something he'd done like recently, like you're just telling like a solo project, I'd probably like it a lot more Mm -hmm. because there's stuff, there's stuff there that I can see that I would like if it was just more mature. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) I really hate the way he says Bruce. I wrote that like two or three times. Um, (laughs) but I love the way the song is constructed Mm -hmm. where it's like, there's a lot of peaks and valleys where it's like he picks it up and then, cause I think there's a part that's like, um, like two minute two thirty where it's like, Dun, dun, da, dun, dun, da. It's yeah. like slowed down and then it like picks back up for the last course. And I don't know. I just, this is like my favorite 
song constructed, but there is a lot of like perfection is perfectly hell. And yeah, the way he says bruised and it's like yeah. all I'm bruised all over, like equating a breakup to being like your whole body's bruised is a little lame. Yeah. Well, and then again, when I was talking earlier, like I've, I've liked songs that have similar kind of lyrics, but this just takes it, it. Like I said last week, there's a fine line between being sad and being cringy. This song goes into cringe territory mm-hmm. for me. So yeah. It, 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 yeah. I don't, like I said, I was trying not to be super harsh because I understand like this is nostalgic for you. And I like, I don't ever want to, shit on somebody's art either it's yeah. just i want to make it very clear that you know this is just not for me necessarily mm-hmm. so yeah and i'm sure he feels the same way about some of the i'm sure now that he's what 37 <laughs> yeah. he wouldn't feel the same way like right a breakup would make him feel entirely bruised but yeah a lot of those things i can't hear until you point them out so mm-hmm. uh, it is kind of nice to have so a fresh perspective on it because this is something i've been listening to for a decade and a half. Yeah, and I don't. I hope I don't ruin it for you. I don't no. think I'm going to. No. But um, I'm ready is number four, mm-hmm. and I really like the song just because I like the spoken word. Yeah, spoken I word hate. bridge is incredible. Uh, and today was a day just like any other. And then the that's like if as soon as the song comes on, like there's certain daily mixes on Spotify that will include this song, mm-hmm. and as soon as I hear that, I'm like instantly in a good mood. And I think it's talking, what I get out of it is it's being ready for the next phase of your life Mm -hmm. and like all the shit in behind that's behind you can't really affect you because you're just moving forward. And it's, it's kind of like being in that version or being in that part of your breakup is like the optimism of looking forward. And I really like that. And I like the, uh, the spoken word at two 30, like we talked about, um, but my life has become a boring pop song and everyone's singing along. I, I say that that's all cool. the time. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool, that's a cool lyric. Um, I, are you, sorry, yeah, I don't want to. No, that's in. all I Okay, have. so I like the spoken word bridge. I like the theme of a spoken word. I, I, I hate what he says in it. Where he's like, he's talking about like, we live in a society that makes you want to, ch- tells you you have to wash your shirt every day. It's like, <laughs> yeah, of course you do, but come on, grow up. Like wash your fucking shirt, stinky boy. Yeah, <laughs> you stink. You're stinky boy. <laughs> You're a big stinker. Um, that that just again, it's one of those things where it's like I was like, oh come on. Like this is a cool part of the song. Like it sounds awesome. Like to kind of have it break and be a spoken word is a cool. Um, and the drums still going. Yeah, hard. it's a it's a cool music uh, trick, I guess, is if you want to say something, but again, it's just lyrically. I was like, Oh, come on. Like I, I, I was disappointed more than I was like not liking it. It was just like, you, this could have been, this could have been a really cool moment. And you're complaining about society telling you have to wash your t-shirt. That's, it's such a young person. Come on, living guy. On like, yeah. It's laundry day. It's Why a, does society tell me I got to do laundry? Yeah. You farted <laughs> in your underwear, dude. You wash your fucking underwear. Um, yeah. So again, it's one of those things where it's like, again, I'm at a totally different point in my life than this guy was at his. Yeah. So again, that's some of that stuff just doesn't connect, but I do. I really like the piano. The piano is really, really nice in this song. But then I wrote, I just wish I could hear it. <laughs> so, um, again, it's, it's, it's not as bad. It's not as extreme as I'm making it sound. I just really like, I don't like one track to dominate another. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be something with headphones because I haven't listened to could this be. in headphones. Could be. I, I, I will say as I was listening to it in my car a little bit on the way over, it did sound a little bit better mm-hmm. than it did in my earbuds. And I was listening to it. That's the first time I'd listened to it without headphones. So you might be right. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where it just, it feels like a, like an upscaled demo. It's like a record label got a hold of a demo and they did what they could with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I, again, I, I like it. I like. I really like the piano. I like the simple nature of the song, and I, I really wanted to like it. But just the the, the, the lyrical content of that spoken word just it gave me that little like. It's like really enjoying like a really good cheeseburger, and then you like gag in the middle of it. But they're like, all right, cool. I'll just I'll finish the rest of this because yeah, it's good. You're right. I kind of wish a spoken word had something. It's like when uh, rappers featured in like a pop song, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, I'm fucking these bitches, fucking these hoes, and they're like, and I'm sad, and you're like, 
what is going on? Uh, those yeah. two things do not connect whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of get what you're saying. It doesn't really fit the rest of the song. Uh, no, but I like that. I like that. I like that part of it. It's just what is said in it. Yeah. It makes me kind of like, whoa. <laughs> uh, so number five, La La Lie. Yeah. So I, I said, hey, this opening is much better. I like this song. <laughs> and I think I, was, I, I, think I actually have uh, a fetish for songs about liars. Because every like we've had like four <laughs> albums really with have. a song that have a lie in the title, and I've liked them all. Uh, so yeah, and I think this this is where it really started to kind of take on a Ben Folds. It was kind of like bouncy, and really kind of had that more of a Ben Folds five feel to it. And his his vocal style was much less annoying in this one. It wasn't so uh, like that. When he deep he digs deep for that, yeah, 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 that gets me pumped up. Uh, it's. It it takes a back the, the lyrical content feels more mature here too. Like this is like this is what when I was listening to this today, um, I, I had the epiphany. I was like, oh, you know what? I can see where this guy was going with this song, and I can see there's a maturity there that if he, you know, if I listen to some of his later stuff, that I might like a little bit more, and maybe even like come back to. Mm-hmm. Because this is this is a this is a cool song. It's a it's a good little. I wouldn't. I'm not going to call it a bop because it's not a bop. But it's it's a it's a good and it's an enjoyable song to listen to. And the, like I said, the lyrical content is it's still kind of got that same kind of theme to it. But there's nothing in here that made me like go like ugh, you know. Ugh. But it is again. It, I really really I like. This is where I start to turn a little bit for this album is in this track here. Yeah, and I I really like the. <laughs> It's basically every time I like a song, like having to reference your friends. Like I've got friends who help me pull through. Mm -hmm. And that's just, I like the, it is kind of like, I'm not going to talk about my breakup anymore. I'm going to focus on the positives. I've got good friends and there's just a lot of good things going for him. And uh, he's going to piece himself together with his friends. Mm -hmm. So that is like, it's a, it's a better version of what he's been trying to say, I think. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's just kind of wholesome. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's what is the what is the main chorus? It's like I got these friends that all lie for me or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, I think that's cool because it's it's good to have your friends that will lie for you just to make you feel better and help pull you through. I think that's you know it's a cool message. Yeah. Uh, again, it's not super deep, but it, I like music that's super surface level too. Yeah, uh, it doesn't again and. I like deep shit. I think it's cool to think about music and I think it's cool when music has something to say, but it doesn't always have to. Yeah. Yeah. I like Jack's mannequin for the way it just makes me feel. Yeah. I, it's been a long time since I've dug into some of these lyrics because I've, they've just been in, seared into my subconscious. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not something I just dig into every now and then. Um, so yeah, let's get into dark blue. Um, I fucking love this intro. Yeah, it's great. Um, the piano is very intricate, and then the drums slowly work their way in, and then the guitar comes in. It's just a very cool song, and this is the last song that they wrote for the album, which you can kind of feel because it does yes. feel like it is a very um, mature version of, of Jack's Mannequin. Um, I watched an interview where he said that this song is about a reoccurring dream he kept having uh, where he was caught in a tide with his ex-girlfriend who is now his wife. And it was a song I listened to thousands of times before realizing that. And the, it makes the lyrics make a lot more sense because you can kind of get deeper or more surface level with it if yeah. you want. But I, I really like thinking about it that way rather than how I thought of it before. Yeah, no, I think that you telling me it was the last song that I wrote makes a whole lot of sense. You can kind of see the progression even within the own album as they get a little bit more mature. And this, yeah, this song, the melody in the song is really good. Like it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good song. It's a solid entry. You know what I mean? It's again, I don't love it, um, but it's not something that I listened to and I was like, you know, like some of the whiny vinyl vocal comes back, but even that didn't bother me because the rest of the the music around it was really good. And the lyrical content was mature enough to where I wasn't like, you know, this is kind of stupid or Mm -hmm. whatever, or this is childish childish isn't the right word, but like not mature. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, I really, really like this track. This is like, this is the part of the album that, I was starting to turn a little bit on my second and third list. And I was like, okay, maybe this isn't as bad as I originally thought. And I can kind of dig this, mm-hmm. but 
Miss Delaney, the next song on this album made me want to kill myself. <laughs> I fucking hate this song. Yeah. It's just, it I wrote, fit. It, it doesn't fit. It, it, especially after the last two tracks where they were really cool and really well constructed and really kind of mature. This is like if you took Stacy's mom and took all of the charm and cheek out of it and just made it like a sad boy song. Um, again, for the time it was probably fine. Um, yeah, I think thematically it's just about a girl who's helping you get through a breakup basically yeah. by distracting you and yeah. then she, you find out she's no good for you. It's like it's like Miss Delaney, where's your boyfriend? If I'm going to treat him like he's dead or whatever or something like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, just what Again, it just the way it sounds. Kind of a fuck boy song. Yeah, it's a fuckboy song and it's sung like a early to aughts emo fuckboy. Mhm. I think this is a song that they really tried to go for the Beach Boys sound. Yeah. Um, uh, it is the lyric. The lyric is she likes the Beach Boys more than radio metal. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, yeah. This is a I listened to a podcast today actually about this song and he's played it like less than 50 times, which if you think about it is crazy because he's done a five year, 10 year and 15 year reunion for this album. <laughs> yeah. So he's probably only played it on reunion. This song tours. blows. Yeah. This song sucks. Um, I'm not afraid to say that. Like this song sucks. It's yeah. it's easily my least favorite song on the album. It's one I've skipped, so I'm not very intimate with. Yeah. And yeah, it's a very skippable song. It's just, it, it, it's it, like you said, it, it, in the it, this should have been on the first half of the album. I would have been fit more. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have hated it as much. Um, like I said, you just put the same kind of song, Stacy's Mom. It's about a guy lusting after an older woman who he can't have. Um, and that song is iconic. Like everybody knows Stacy's Mom. Like it, it's not a great song, but it sticks in your head. There's something Cat- about it that's catchy. It's catchy. It's got a little bit of cheek to it. This is just like a, a guy like writing little, like scribbling notes really hard <laughs> into his notebook about Miss Delaney. It just, ugh, it just, it just sucks. I don't, I don't like this song. Yeah. At all. Um, and I don't want to be, again, I don't want to be too harsh because I know this guy, he was in a certain time of his life and you were at a, it makes me feel better to know that you skipped it and he's only played it 50 times in 15 years. That makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. Because he's, he probably feels the same way about it. It's like, ah, this is, this wasn't my best work. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think, uh, he played it like on a B side and they were like, does he know it's not a B side? It's like, he's probably not proud of it. He's probably has to find <laughs> yeah. special occasions. Um, it's probably something if like somebody requests it, he'll play it or something. I don't know. I just, yeah, uh, yeah I get it. Like it, not everything you do, you're going to like, like mm-hmm. some of the old poetry I wrote. Holy fuck, dude. When I was in college, that shit is so bad. Like so cringy. You're telling me I wrote a fucking Nicholas Sparks <laughs> yeah, novel. That's okay? right. <laughs> I wrote a short story. Um, I actually liked that when you showed it to me. It wasn't bad. Uh, it was it was wholesome. Yeah. I was probably listening to music like this. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Um, there is something I want to talk about before we get uh, moving on to Kill the Messenger. Sure. He has a song called Constantine that he wrote with something corporate. Mm-hmm. And it's like an eight or nine minute song. And I freaking love Constantine. But it's one of those songs he refuses to play live. Well, it's like, eight or nine minutes. Yeah. He's like... Everyone always requests it. It's like his free bird, basically. Yeah. It's like emo free bird. And he's like, I'm not going to waste half my or a third of my set playing one song <laughs> yeah. that is about a girl that I have nothing to do with. And it's like a very immature song. I don't like it. So yeah. he is very conscious of his older music. That makes me feel bit. better about not liking this as much then, because I really did feel bad. Like, because I don't want to come into this and be like, Dylan, the song, this album that you love and have a tattoo of, I don't like it. Yeah, I know, but it's like I like you as a person and I don't want to insult you and I also don't want to insult anybody that likes this music because just because it's not for me doesn't mean it's bad. I don't necessarily Miss Delaney is bad objectively. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think we show each other these to necessarily see if we like it. I think that's part of it, but yeah. I also think it's also like us kind of just revealing a little bit more about ourselves. Yeah, for sure. In uh we've a, just, just been, a different way. Yeah, we've been lucky that we for the most part, I've liked everything so far. Mm-hmm. I, was sh- I was shocked that you liked both EDM on- entries that I sh- that I sent you because I know we've actually had arguments about that before. Yeah. So yeah, it's I don't know. It's just something I had to warm up to. I guess. <laughs> yeah, but, you just got to do it the right way. 
Uh, this won't be the last emo album. I no, that's fine. Uh, that's totally fine. Like I said, and the stuff we've done, like there's stuff that I've gone back to and listened to from the time where I was like really totally against this that I love, mm-hmm. that I love now. So uh, specifically like Panic at the Disco, like I fucking hated Panic at the Disco. I was like, look at these little pansies, you know? And I talked about they it. They didn't on, do themselves any favors. God, they looked so fucking stupid. And I'm like, why would I want to, like, I don't want to watch these guys that look like this because yeah. I would never want to hang out with a person that looks like this. Yeah. Like I've yeah. seen these people in real life and they're stupid and, and I hate them. Mm. <laughs> That's how I felt at the time. Yeah. I like I can look at it now. Like, Oh, it's just a stage show, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I've, I've grown to like stuff like that. Like even the use that you showed me, like I've, I've grown to love, like I went back and listened to some of their stuff and I was like, yeah, this is okay. Like it, I, I don't know. I, I understand why I hated it at the time, but I can look at it now as somebody who's grown to appreciate music, like I've always loved music, but my tastes have grown so much more since then. I can look back at it and be like, yeah, like I get why people like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like we've mentioned, it's not as cool to hate things anymore. <laughs> well, that's true. I still hate a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you'll know if you ever pick a pop country album, I'm gonna fucking shit all over it. Okay. Well, don't Georgia line. Don't okay. you ever bring a fucking Florida Georgia line song. Morgan Wallen is on deck. <laughs> He's waiting in the booth. Um, <laughs> I fucking hate country pop, pop country. I like actual country. Yeah. Like even Alan Jackson. I could do some Alan Jackson where it's just goofy ass country. Yeah. But fuck Florida Georgia line. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so kill the messenger. Yes. Sorry. Let's get back on track. Yeah, here. no, you're good. Uh, <laughs> This song uh, could be on any future Jax or Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness release, and I really wouldn't know. It's a a decent song, but it's not like a standout track to mm-hmm. me. Um, the very end, I friggin' love that guitar, and I wish it was in the whole song. The sitar? It's Yes, uh, sitar. Yes. That is enough for me to replay the song and want to hear it again. Really, really cool you sound. You can kind of hear it throughout parts of the song, yeah. but holy shit, just put that in the forefront. Just make it a whole... Yeah. like country western song and that it would have made a, all the difference for me i do like the piano but that was like just hearing the little twang at the end you're like hold on sir i gotta turn the volume <laughs> and listen to the rest of that like yeah that, like that. listen to like later beatles stuff they use a lot of sitar and it sounds so fucking cool when it's featured on a song it just gives it like a different flair and so yeah i think you're right i do actually like this song i this song pisses me off because the verses are so good. Like the verses sound awesome. Like this sound, that sounds like a song I would listen to. And then once it gets to the chorus, all that momentum just falls flat on its face. Like the chorus is just sung so flat. The music falls flat. There's nothing in that chorus, like which should be the hook, right? That's mm-hmm. the chorus is going to, that, that's why it's called the hook. It hooks you in. And it just, it just really, they really, it, this song was so close to being really good. And it pisses me off that it's not really good because yeah. it could be and it should be. I just don't, I don't know what I would do to fix it. I just think it just feels like you're getting a really good trot. And then all of a sudden, like you hit a, like a raised elevation in a sidewalk and you poof, flat on your face and you get back up and you get, you get a good momentum going again. You hit another, poof, you fall flat on your face when you get to the chorus. And then the end is cool. Like Again, it just pisses me off, man, because I feel like this this song could have been with just a little bit more work and just a little bit more like maturity musically. Mm-hmm. Like th- this could have been a really fucking cool song. Yeah, I like the the send away the rain. I yeah. like that sentimental. And yeah, there's that's funny you bring that up because that is what kind of bugs me about this album is bruised, a very weak chorus. Yeah. A lot of the the songs are very structurally sound, but the chorus is just like. Maybe that's because it is a solo project and you don't have as many people bouncing ideas. That's off possible. Of. And like I said, he was young, and so he, he would. He, I'm sure he's matured musically, so he has a better ear for that kind of stuff. Whereas, like you know, this sounds good. Like this, this gets across the message that I want to do. But he didn't have anybody saying like, eh, maybe kick this up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so nine rescued. Um, God, I feel bad because I know you love this song. You want me to go first so you can. Uh, it doesn't matter. It, it's not going to hurt my feelings. I understand why people wouldn't like this song, but you go ahead. Yeah, okay. so uh, I, it really, really is trying hard to be sincere. And we've talked a lot about a songs that are, you know, 
kind of dark and kind of covering like darker elements in people's lives. And this is another one of those songs. And so I don't want to seem like a hypocrite when I say that I don't really connect with this song because I, I didn't, I didn't connect with this song. And the metaphor, like the, the comparison I use, it's like figuring out guys that are in like a black metal band and they wear these giant spikes on stage and they're all about like singing about like fucking burning death and shit like that. And then you see them in interviews and they're just like normal, like Ned Flanders type guys. It kind of makes the sincerity. It doesn't make like when you hear songs about burning death, it's like, uh, I know you're kind of a goofball dude. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily ruin the music, but it takes away some of the edge i guess and so this this is kind of how i feel about that i know like i'm sure this is really sincere to him but this guy just kind of seems like i have the because i've heard that cheesy vocal and he just seems kind of like a goofy emo boy from early 2000 early 2000s and so i was like yeah, yeah you just like this is cool and like i understand the message but it kind of loses some of its sincerity because of my perception of this person yeah you know, maybe he, uh, maybe this is about him recovering from leukemia. I don't know. Like, I, there's, there's things that I didn't know about him that changed my perception of this song. I don't think it, there's a lot of talk of like hospitals and being sick and like looking sickly, but I don't think any of that really played in part. Yeah, I felt like it was more metaphorical yeah. when he was mentioning it when I was listening to it. And I think that's part of like the eeriness to it is that he did get sick at the mm-hmm. end of this album. Um, but for me, I kind of see the song as more of like accepting a breakup and not wanting to save it mm-hmm. more than like wanting to save himself. Yeah, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Um, which I kind of like because a lot of times it is very easy to fall back into those ways and like maybe we can give it one more shot because I really don't want to see you hurt. I don't want to be alone. You know, there's just a million reasons to not I'd like just, just to try and rescue the relationship mm-hmm. and to write a song about just like we really need to let it go and it sucks. I just, I think at the end he says something about like, can you tell me it was real one more time or something like that? And I think, yeah, maybe it is a little cheesy, but for some reason it works for me because it does feel sincere. Yeah, no, I I think it is sincere. I just, I know my last note on this song is like, um, because I know this guy has been through some shit, but I don't think he was mature enough musically to convey that as much as well as he wanted to in this song. I think that's where it kind of falls where the connection fails for me is just there's no like musically this should have been there should have been a more emotional weight to this mm-hmm. and to me it just felt very surface level and kind of like I think that's cheesy isn't the right word for it it's just it doesn't like the sincerity doesn't cut as deep you know what I mean this is more of a paper cut more mm-hmm. of like you know I don't know it just there's just something musically that doesn't quite connect with me here for something that is kind of a heavy topic or could be considered a heavy topic yeah um yeah, I just think you know if if he'd rewritten this song, you know, once he able was able to develop his sound a little bit more, and really learn how to write like more more mature music, I think this would be a much better track. Yeah, there's a better version of a song very similar to this uh, that he wrote for his sister who gave him that stem cell, mm-hmm. and it is gut wrenching. Yeah, and it's really good, but yeah, it's hard to like get that deep about a breakup. Like, yeah, sure, we're in song nine. You've written so many songs <laughs> yeah. so far. Um, and I think that's why I like uh, Made for Each Other and You Can Breathe for number 10. These song, this last track baffles me. <laughs> I am just, I like I've every time I've listened to it, I'm just so confused why it's two parts and it's eight minutes long. I don't under, I don't, I don't get it. Like this yeah. could be combined into one four minute song because he just repeats himself so much throughout the course yeah. of it. And like the two parts don't really sound that dissimilar. I mean, I get it. It's one track, but why is it two? I just, it, it boggles my mind. It just feels like. I can't, yeah. Though you can breathe, you can get rid of it. You can make yeah, this like right. a, a two or three minute song uh, made for each other because it is bouncy and it's like, I, I just love made for each other because it doesn't deal with absolutes and it's, mm-hmm. you're at a point in your life at 22. Uh, maybe we were made for each other. Yeah. It, it's possible that it could go on like this forever, but. You know, I I still enjoy getting drunk with my high school friends, yeah. and I'm living with them right now. It's awesome. Like, um, I just I love everything about that. And then it kind of like slows down with the piano, and then you can breathe. You can breathe now. You can breathe 
but the air is running out. Yeah. And that's the next four minutes. Yeah, it's the next four minutes. Like, why the <laughs> fuck is this two parts? Why is this eight minutes long? I couldn't get past it. I was so confused by it every time I listened to it that, like, by the time I was, like, like crystallizing thoughts about the first part, I just heard the same shit over and over again for the next four minutes. I'm like, what the fuck am I listening to? Why am I still listening to this song? Um, I really think whoever put this, whoever produced this album really kind of let the the guy like let him let him down. What did he do? Is this a total solo project that he produced it and everything himself? Um, he didn't produce it himself. There was like one producer. I, I, I really think that there should have been a note like, hey, man, this fucking goes nowhere. Let's cut this down. Let's make this one track and let's make it a really good ending track. Cause it, you know, up until like minute three and a half, four, it's, it's fine. It's a good, mm-hmm. it's decent enough. But then I'm just like, wow, well, why am I still listening? Why is this still going? Yeah. I think a lot of it is like wanting, you can breathe to kind of be an outro for the album. Sure. And that's a very, a very well used trope in emo music. Mm-hmm. Like they want the last song to go on forever. And there is a lot of emo albums that kind of copy this or did it beforehand where it's just like, let's make, or let's rehash every song from every song. on Reprisals the album. are different. That's like yeah. redoing a reprisal. I think is cool. We talked about it last week with yeah. With this really doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, it just doesn't go anywhere. I, I, I don't get it. Like for somebody like you saying it's like a trope in emo, I don't know that because I've never listened to it. So for somebody that doesn't have that kind of that's not used to it, I, I'm just thoroughly baffled every time I listen to it. And I finally got through it all the way. The, the, it's, every single time I'd listen to it, I'm like, I can't. Like I'm done. Like I can't do it. <laughs> I couldn't get through eight minutes of it. Yeah. And then I finally got to the end where it's like. Well, this tape is running out now. I guess we're still recording. And it just kind of like meanders into the end. I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't make any fucking sense to yeah. me. So, again, I, I really do wish, I really feel like whoever produced this and whoever was like cutting the album together should have said, like, hey, this has got something cool here. Let's cut it down and not make it so fucking stupid. Or let's make it two separate tracks and do kind of like a. Uh, Beatles Abbey Road thing where the last like six tracks are different tracks but they all kind of run together it's like a continuous thing yeah yeah I I really like Made for Each Other kind of bleeds off um, Into the Airwaves is included in most of I listened to that and I actually really like that yeah it's it's a song that was added as like a like a bonus track or a b-side and it is one of the better songs at the end of the <laughs> it's album. It's the best song on the album. If, if, you, if you included that on the album, that would have been my favorite song on the album. What was your favorite song? Uh, oh shit, I don't even know, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, probably Dark Blue or okay. La La La. Mm-hmm. Um, that, those, that two song stretch, if you want to call that a stretch, yeah. of the album is really is, is, is as good as this album gets. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like... But then it's let it's let down so hard by Miss Delaney right after it. And that song pisses me off just even thinking about it. Um, it's, <laughs> I'm sorry, I have no, so much fiction. We can get in closing thoughts if you want. Yeah, let's let's do that. Um, again, this is not an album that I enjoyed listening to, but like I've, I've mentioned before, I can see glimpses of where this guy was going. I can, there's definitely musical talent there. I just think he needed some more maturity. And I think he would have really benefit from more people in the studio with him to kind of give him these notes like, Hey, like this song is good. Let's kick, let's make sure that the chorus doesn't let it down. Let's make sure that hook doesn't let this song down. Um, and again, it's not, it's, I understand why you like it knowing what I know about you. And, I understand why it's a place and time for you and why you have nostalgia for it. Because like I said, I, I know I have bands like that in my life that I know I'm nostalgic for and I'm I would defend till I die. Mm-hmm. But I, I understand why other people wouldn't like them. Yeah. Either. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of how I feel. Like I, I picked this because it's what I wanted to listen to for this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of selfish. That's fair. No, that's um, totally fair. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it just brings up morale for me and you know, I I picked Beartooth last week and it was really dark and, you know, I was like, you know what? I need like a palate cleanser. I mm-hmm. need something that like just makes me feel good. And a lot of these songs, like I mentioned earlier, I don't get into the lyrics a whole lot and I just love the way it sounds and I love the piano driven and there's just, I don't listen to a lot of piano driven songs. Yeah, so sure. This was like my introduction. And so, I don't know. I mean, like we've talked about, there's, it's not perfect and, um, 
but it doesn't need to be. It's fucking music. I feel so it, bad. No, it's it's fine. It does. I I promise you, it it doesn't affect how I feel. By the way, I know I don't. I didn't think it would. I know how strongly you hold your views on music, and I yeah, think and, somebody could. I could come in here and say this song, this album, fucking sucks, shit all over, it, and you'd be like, "Fuck you, dude. I like this album anyway." <laughs> yeah, I know you, how you are. So you're not going to change my mind. Yeah, I, I wasn't um, trying to change your mind. I was just trying to. I was trying to convey my point. Again, I understand music is very personal to to people that love music. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to come in here and say like this album objectively is terrible. Because I mean there's music out there that is fucking objectively terrible. You yeah. can there's mu- music theory exists. I can say this doesn't have a timing structure. This there's no these notes don't resolve. Like there's there's ways you can say you can look at music theory and break down an album and mm-hmm. say this objectively is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but this is not that. This has this this qualifies as music. This is kind of <laughs> what I was expecting from this podcast all along. Kind of us disagreeing on music. Yeah, yeah. And I like again, I, but I we don't have there's a lot of stuff we like we've talked about it before. We listen to similar things, but a lot of them are very different as well. So I'm glad we finally got an album that we don't necessarily agree on, and one that you have a tattoo of that I don't. I don't like the album at all. So you it's can't behind. Get, it's on my tricep, so I really forget about it until I hear the song. I'm like, oh. well, you know, it's funny. It's because I know I of the tattoos that you have. That's the one. One of the ones I remember the most because I can see it. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, so yeah, it's just. It, I'm glad we were a, we finally got to one because now we've got it out of our system and we know it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we know it's okay. I'm not – nobody's crying. Nobody. We don't want to fight each other. Uh, so we're good. We're good. Um, but I really do think – I think the nostalgia is very strong for, for you on this one. And I think, you know, I know you like music that this might necessarily be like – well, you said that one of the songs is your top ten of all time. So not, that's not even true. So – yeah, I think, you know, people evolve, but, you know, you, there's always going to be albums that always stick out to you. For me, it's Follow the Leader by Korn. I'll never not love that album. The Significant Other by Limp Bizkit. I'll never not love that album. I know that album fucking sucks. Like, I know. I know it does. <laughs> yeah. But I fucking love it. I still remember all of the words to it. And I'll never not love Significant Other by Limp Bizkit. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go, Jack's mannequin. Yeah. Uh, did you not? Have, did you have closing thoughts? Did I just talk the whole time? No, I think I gave my closing okay, thoughts. Okay. Cool. Um, what do you got next week? So, Dylan, you said something very interesting to me, right? You said, "Don't pick Miley Cyrus." You said, "Don't pick Miley Cyrus." Guess what we're doing? Don't tell me we're doing Miley Cyrus. <laughs> we're doing her brand new album, Plastic Hearts, from 2020. <laughs> Why would I pick Miley Cyrus of all people in the world to say? <laughs> I hope that's in our show notes. I hope that we had like a five minute uh, pre-show recording. I really hope I said something about Miley Cyrus in it. You just said you. I was like, and we were talking about it. And you're like, uh, I was like, you were like, who is it? I was like, I don't want to tell you. I want to surprise you. It's like I, I think you'll be excited about it, but I don't know how you feel about this particular artist. And you're like, oh, as long as you don't pick Miley, it's fine. I was like, well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you like Miley? Let's get into that a little bit. Um, it's not that I don't like her. There was just... This is a very quick story, I promise. Okay. I was dating this girl way back when, and I was showing her music, and she said, it's okay. And I said, oh, okay, what kind of music do you listen to? Well, I just love Miley Cyrus. <laughs> And this I is was, probably like back in what party in the USA this times. Is like we can't stop and we won't. This is like like Miley. banger, like not before bangers. I, th- I think it was around bangers. No, uh, wrecking ball was probably on the radio sure. then. Um, it just very it very much offended me. <laughs> you know, I totally get that because <laughs> if somebody had said that to me at the time too, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Wait, what? Like, I was so offended. If I had shown somebody Jeff Buckley's Grace, and they're like, oh. You know, it's just not. It's not. My, it's not like Miley. It's I would not have, Miley. I would have kicked them in their teeth. It's just never a very specific again. thing to compare to, and that's sure. why I said that as like a joke. No, it's and funny. It's funny because I felt the very like I've I've come I've done a complete one eighty on Miley Cyrus because during like the banger stuff and when she came out and like that foam finger and performed with uh what the fuck's his name where he was just rubbing the foam finger on her yeah. fucking cooch yeah. Like I was like, fuck, Jesus Christ! Like this, she needs to disappear for a little bit. And she came back. She's been doing dope shit for a couple of years now. And I think I think you're gonna like this album. I was listening to it a little bit on the way over, and it's 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 musically it's really cool. 
Um, well, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I'm curious too. Curious because yeah, like I said, never really d- dug deep into Miley. I, I never even watched like Hannah Montana back in the day. So no, I mean I'm like that's so far. Like I'm so much older than like Hannah Montana. Like that was in college and high school yeah, when that shit like was popular. maybe. And so like. Miley Cyrus has never been somebody that I considered some listening to, but I've been really excited for this new album to come out because I've seen like, like the backyard sessions that she did and she's been doing some, like I love her new gravelly voice. Like her voice sounds so fucking cool. And I, I love like the country covers that she does. She's done some really I, cool shit, man. We talked about her on the Jeff Buckley yeah. because she did the backyard sessions. Yeah. And it's like, that shit's really cool to me. And I've been waiting for her to do a new album since I've really kind of done that full turn on her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, Miley's super dope. Like she's a dope, like now that she's grown up and she's like has better musical sensibilities and she can do whatever the fuck she wants now. And because she, she's got that status in the industry. It's like, this is Miley. Like we're going to let her kind of do what she wants. And She's doing dope shit. So I I haven't listened to the whole album yet. I haven't listened to it up until now because I wanted to have us both listen to it for the first time at the same time. Yeah. And um, you'll definitely get my reaction tomorrow morning when I'm driving to work. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, I listened to the first like three tracks on the way over here and I was digging it, dude. Like I wasn't like, 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 oh, this is the greatest album ever. But yeah, it's it's so far. I'm digging it. What's the name of it? Plastic Hearts. Plastic Hearts by Miley Cyrus. It came out like literally last week. I've been, I've literally, I've wanted to do this for like four weeks because I knew it was coming out. I'm like, fuck. Release. I just wanted, I just want to do this on the podcast because I want us to, I want it to be, I want to finally have an album that's brand new that neither one of us has listened to. So we both get like first reactions to it. I think that'll be fun. Yeah, it will be fun. So, uh, yeah, be, be on the lookout. Dude, actually, when you said, as long as it's not Miley Cyrus, I would, be, a, I would be like, fuck. <laughs> such a very specific thing. to <laughs> um, So, yeah, it'll be out December 14th. What, the album? Yeah, for Miley. Oh, Miley the, the podcast? Yeah. Yes, I think so. If you're looking yeah, at a calendar looking and that's calendar. the next Monday, then yes. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll yeah, see you next thanks. week.